It's time for another Nebraska Prep Zone report. We are sponsored today by MD West One, Nebraska's most advanced sports medicine, orthopedics, neurosurgery, and spine care, covering Greater Omaha for over 70 years. I'm your host, Jake Anderson, and joining me as always, Mike Sauter. How are you doing today, Mike? Doing pretty good, Jake. Doing pretty good today. That's that's good. Let's get right into it today. We got a few news and notes before we preview some games. And the big one we should talk about here is the upcoming commitment from Norris tight end James Carney. Mm. We've talked about him quite a bit on the show in recent months, so people know what he can do and why this is a big deal. Um, he's down to three schools, though. Yeah, he's uh, he has a top three of Iowa, K-State, and Nebraska. Nebraska just offered on Monday, um, and really, uh, Carney setting that commitment date of the 12th, uh, which is this coming Monday, uh, had a huge part in it, I think played a part in it. I think he told me that he thought that played a part in it as well, as far as uh, getting an offer for him. And Scott Frost exchanged, um, I guess, voicemails or phone calls back and forth for about a week, um, maybe a little more than a week, um in re like recently the last little bit here and um it it was uh something they finally connected on the phone on sunday and um he offered him and then uh coach beckton the tight end coach in nebraska uh kind of followed up with him on monday and then that's when um he announced that he got an offer was on monday um we'll be yeah. interested to see what he does I did think that was kind of funny. It seemed like a bit of a power play by him. He announced the commit date before even having the offer from Nebraska, even though there were kind of some misconnections. But it, it wasn't a little interesting. Okay, well, I'm committing whether you're in the boat or not. Right, and he had he had really good options anyway. You know, Iowa and K-State, Boise State, Wyoming, those were kind of the four options before Nebraska – those are Pittsburgh. Pitt's a top 25 team, really good team this year. So um, those were his options uh, before Nebraska offered. And then I, he, he's kind of just been waiting on the Nebraska offer for basically the whole summer. Uh, even after he committed to Miami of Ohio, Nebraska was still in contact. Nebraska's been in contact with him for a long time. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, Nebraska now already has two tight ends uh, in the class and Thomas Fedoni and A.J. Rollins. What does um, – how does Nebraska see him? Well, they offered him as a tight end. Um, does that mean Fedoni could move, change positions, maybe move to a wide receiver or Rollins on the defensive side or something? You know, who, who knows? Or do they just – are they comfortable taking three tight ends? They're all three a little bit different. Um, you know, you can play him on the outside. Fedoni basically can play anywhere. Um, and um, Carney, very similar. Like, he can be an outside kind of threat, red zone, big target threat guy. Um, and, and Rollins, similar too. So it'll be interesting to see. It, it, you know, he did just uh, visit Kansas State uh, over the weekend, saw them play Texas Tech, said he enjoyed it, uh, enjoyed his time there, had fun. Uh, enjoyed being able to watch a college football game in person. And uh, so um, to he, me, to me, this is just me. Fit. He had he, he Chris Kleiman's offense there at K-State. They did just last year get Will Swanson from Papio South. Um, so getting, getting in a little bit with Nebraska. 
pipeline there. And, you know, K-State is close to two hours away from him. Yeah, it's only two hours away. Um, Connor Riley, the offensive line coach at K-State, one of the best in the country. He's fantastic. Um, he's, he's a Creighton Prep grad. Um, he has uh, strong ties to Nebraska, obviously, from his time at North Dakota State. He's always recruited the state, has, has good connections. So uh, K-State's a team to, that will continue to recruit here, even if they, if they win out on Kearney or not. Um, I, I think um, it's, it's close to Lincoln and Omaha. It's not that far away. Nebraska can't take everybody. Um, and it's not you know, necessarily going to be a, a fit for everyone at Nebraska. So we'll see. Right. Um, and K-State is, is doing a good job and, and their coach isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So uh, we'll see. I, I do think I do think for for Carney, I think it's probably down to K-State, Nebraska. Um, I, you know, Iowa obviously is, I think, safe to say tight in you and the success they've had there. And they were the first uh, power conference school to offer him. And they're the ones, the catalyst for him decommitting from Miami of Ohio. So, um, and that's where it's interesting to me. The Hawkeyes don't have a tight end commit in this class. Like you noted tight end you with Noah Fant recently out of Omaha South and it Nebraska getting in there. It kind of does seem like Nebraska just wants to block him from going to Iowa, but also it's, it's more than that because Carney is way talented and, you know, depending on how you rank those tight ends, it could be personal preference if he's the top one in – I mean, he's obviously the top one in state with Fedoni and Council Bluffs, but, you know, him and Rollins is an interesting debate. Right. And, you know, the thing for me that, that as far as I was concerned, it's a little farther away. I mean, he uh, – Pittsburgh was in that mix. Now, I mean, Pittsburgh's like, what, 12, 14 hours away from him, uh, from home for him. And that was just a little too far is what he told me. So, um, you know, I – does he like to be close to home wants to be close to home that's why i that's why i think and just the recent visit to k-state that's why i think it's those two um over iowa it could be iowa i mean i don't know if i was a tight end it'd be pretty hard to turn down iowa if they wanted me to go there i know that yeah definitely it'll be an interesting one to watch and again he's committing monday october 12th um so i'm sure we'll have a recap of that on next week's show the other commit we should talk about uh, from that Bellevue West basketball factory, Frankie Fiddler staying in state going to UNO. Yeah, uh, it's a really good get for UNO or Omaha. Um, he he uh, he checks a bunch of boxes for them. He's uh, pretty versatile. He can play the three or four. Um, he is an excellent passer. Can stretch the floor out to beyond the three point line. Um, it is an excellent fit. He was one of the kids that really, really, really was hurt uh, as far as recruitment is concerned, and it's a major coup for Omaha, um, you know, not having a regular AAU season where he can go out and, and play actually live in front of um, different college coaches because I think if he did that, his recruitment probably would be, you know, a little higher and have a lot more schools interested and offered and all that stuff. Um, and I'm not saying he's settled on Omaha at all. It, it's just, um, you know, it, they're pretty fortunate, I think, to get him. I, he's a great get um, for them. Great. It's a, it's a great fit. Um, he's a good player. Should be an immediate guy, like help them right away uh, guy. So as a freshman, um, 
and uh, is a winner. Obviously, he's been on a bunch of winning teams, whether it be summer and um, and in his high school uh, career, you know, playing alongside Chucky Hepburn he's, has certainly helped him as well. So um, it's a really nice fit for Omaha. He um, checks a bunch of boxes. He'll need to get bigger and stronger, probably a little better with his handle. He can push the ball up the floor if you need him to and do those things. So uh, pretty versatile fit. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really big one. Omaha has recruited him for a long time. They were the first one to offer him. Um, they've been on him forever. Assistant coach at Omaha, Pat Eberhardt, uh, was the lead recruiter there and did a really nice job recruiting him. Um, so it, it'll be fun to kind of see him stay around uh, Omaha for, for his college career. They're doing a nice job trying to, trying to get uh, kids to, to stay home. So, and that's a, that's a pretty big gift for them. I think uh, they can probably use that in, in, you know, as, as recruiting continues to, uh, and the talent continues to be good around Omaha. I think they can use Frankie Fiddler as an example, along with, you know, Iowa and Wale and, you know, other guys that they've had there. Yeah. Darren Hansen and his staff has done a great job of keeping those in-state guys in-house and, you know, benefiting from, you know, the talent here, kind of the lower level, not necessarily lower level guys, but guys like Frankie Fiddler. Um, mm-hmm. Let's let's jump to some game previews. Um, first one out the gate here, your game of the week for Pinnacle Bank. Number four, Elkhorn South coming in five and one against number seven, Gretna, six and oh. And that seems low for Gretna. They might be the third best team in the state. Well, you know, I, I, they had a tough game against Scott. And, uh, you know, basically it was um, Sam Scott's show on Friday night for Scott. He, he had a fantastic game. He was great. Um, so we'll see. You know, I, it's, a, it's another step-up level of competition, obviously, uh, for Gretna. Um, their first five games, they, they didn't face this level of competition. Um, and Elkhorn South has playmakers all over. Um, they have one of the better more experience, and more experienced lines on offense and defense, really, because they've kind of played both ways uh, with Teddy Prohaska, uh, Isaac Zadiska, and Cooper Taylor. Um, those guys have been now three-year kind of starters for them on the offensive line. Gretna has a really good line, too, um, and, and that's something I don't think we probably talk about enough. Uh, Garcia's a really nice player for them, and they have a couple other big guys. So um, the matchup is really – Zane Flores – you know, how does is he going to be able to uh, throw the ball with the efficiency that he has? You know, against a, you know a little bit better athletes. Um, when I say that, I mean you know, Makai Nelson Douglas is a is a, is a probably Elkhorn South's best best defender. He's committed to Northern Iowa or Northern Illinois. Sorry, geez. Um, and he's now back, and he had to be quarantined for two weeks and all that stuff, so he missed some time. Uh, he also shares time at running back with an explosive running back in Ben Warren. Uh, Bo Weisler's back. Um, looks like he's healthy after kind of being injured uh, the first game of the year against Millard West. Um, you know, he, he's linebacker, running back guy. Uh, Dylan Krause is back also for uh, uh, Elkhorn South. He, he missed a, a, about a game and a half, I guess, or some time. And he's an explosive guy, too. So he can really QB run game. He's really good in that. And he's throwing, you know, Guy Hunt's a, a really nice slot wide receiver. 
um, slot slash wide receiver, I guess, uh, slot back wide receiver for Elkhorn South. So they have the athletes to match. Um, the line play is going to be pretty good and, and pretty neat to watch. Um, can Gretna uh, have success running the ball like they did against Scott? Mick Huber was fantastic against Scott running the ball, 18 carries for 100, over 150 yards, I think, and just one touchdown. Um, and, and the two senior wide receivers for Gretna are extremely undervalued. You, you look at high school and you're like, okay, we need to get big plays. And big plays normally come in the running game for most schools. For Gretna, it's come in the passing game because Zane Flores is so accurate. He's at 70, almost 73% passing and almost 1,500 yards in six games and has only thrown one interception. Their offensive line's only given up one sack all year, I think. Um, but the two wide receivers, Trevor Marshall had a huge game against Scott. And Jackson Alexander had a nice game, too, with 90-some yards. Those two are averaging over 17 yards uh, per catch. So, you know, that's, those are big plays, uh, huge plays, in particular in the passing game. So uh, weather should be fine, uh, shouldn't be a, a big deal on, on Friday night, so that'll be nice. Um, you know, Trevor Marshall is nine touchdowns and almost 700 yards receiving Alexander's only played in six, uh, six games or five games. Uh, and he has six touchdowns and over 500 yards receiving too. So, um, a lot of athletes sprinkled all over the field, but the line play is going to be obviously important. And I think, um, you know, you, you give maybe a slight edge just because of experience and, and bigger games like this to, um, to Elkhorn South, but Gretna's line is pretty good too. So it should be a really, really fun matchup. And you'll have that one covered with it being your Pinnacle Bank game of the week, as well as Stu Pospisil. So we'll have you covered across the board. Our other game here to watch, Class A, uh, Millard West coming in at 1-4 and four against number two, Bellevue West, 3-0. and oh, And Bellevue West has, again, kind of had some schedule issues. But let's – I think let's talk about Millard West here coming in at 1-4. and four. I think that's more of the shocking thing to some people. Yeah, they, they've been, you know, kind of decimated with injuries. They've had to go young, freshman quarterback, um, because they lost their starter, starting quarterback for the year. Um, I, I think it's going to be a, kind of a challenge for Millard West going forward the rest of the year. Um, they, they play one of the toughest schedules every year, and it's no different this year. Um, you know, opening night kind of lost on a game-winning field goal to Elkhorn South, and it's kind of – you know, not been great for them this year, obviously, but they are one of the, they, they do have one of the better co coaching staffs in the state. Uh, Coach Peterson does a really nice job. So uh, maybe they can get it figured out some way. You, you got to try and uh, limit um, possessions as far as not giving Bellevue West the ball or having their offense be on the field that much. Just not sure how they're going to be able to get it done um, against a super high-powered Bellevue West offense with Keegan Johnson playing basically everything. <laughs> so, um, you know, he played wide receiver and can play some wildcat quarterback and some running back, and he's touching the ball a number of different ways, and um, which, is, which is great. And then you obviously have the two big uh, kind of slot receivers slash tight ends and Micah Riley and Caden Helms. Oh, and then you have a freshman wide receiver that's kind of a phenom in Davon Hall. 
And not to mention a really nice running back in LJ Richardson. So embarrassment of riches. Yeah. I, you know, I, it's, it's going to be tough, I think for, for Millard West to, to get that done, but the, the way to do it is just limit possessions and, um, you know, hope, uh, Luke Johansson maybe throw some interceptions or guys tip balls or something like that. Yeah, we've got a good Class B battle here. Number three, Elkhorn five and one against number five, Bennington five and one. What should we watch for here? Yeah, no, Elkhorn has a, they're they're old. I mean, they they got a lot of seniors that have played a lot of football. Aiden Young, Drew Christo, uh, Isaac Robinson, Gannon Gregor, um, Hayden Steck is a really nice player too for them. Um, they. The matchup is sort of intriguing. I mean, you, Class B is a, what I like to call a beautiful mess, specifically at the top, because you have your Elkhorns and Benningtons playing each other, and then you have you know Waverly and Scott played each other, and Bennington and Scott played each other, and um, uh, I'm forget Hastings is out there that throw likes to throw the ball around. Um, I'm probably forgetting someone and going to get yelled at for it, but <laughs> class B is class B is, is a, like I said, a beautiful mess. There's five, six, seven teams that definitely have a shot to win it all. Um, definitely are, are good enough and kind of, they're just kind of beating up on each other. But um, Bennington's a quarterback that we don't talk about. I think at all is Kale Bird. He's a senior He's thrown for over 1,200 yards, almost 1,300 yards. He has 14 passing touchdowns, only four interceptions. Um, and Caden Blum is their big play receiver uh, with four, over 400 uh, passing yards, six touchdowns. And that's only on 16 receptions. So he's averaging just over 25 yards per catch. And, uh, you know, that's that's pretty big play, right? Um, and then not to mention you have – kind of do everything guy Tyler LeClaire with uh as a running back and um defender I guess I'll say linebacker safety can do everything he has 70 total tackles and leads the team by in tackling by over 20 tackles um on the season so uh he's a phenomenal athlete you know it's it's uh it's a really neat matchup to we'll see if if LeClaire and those guys can just run the ball um, and we'll also see if Aiden Young obviously has he's super fast and and has great speed so it's a really intriguing matchup it'll be kind of a Isaac Robinson at middle linebacker who's a nice player against Tyler LeClaire trying to stop him from running the ball so um, a pretty pretty neat little kind of game within the game there definitely and then we've got a couple class c1 games to watch here Number three, Adam Central, six and zero against number seven, Carney Catholic, four and one. What's the game inside the game here? Yeah, Carney uh, Catholic has won, the, their one loss came to a really nice St. Paul team that loves to run the football with Eli Larson. Well, guess what? Uh, Adam Central loves to run the ball um, with Hyatt Collins. Just a sophomore has eight hundred and seventy-two rushing yards and twelve touchdowns. Um, Cam Foster is really steady and a really good athlete at quarterback. Um, he, he plays some defense too. Uh, so at, at, it might be a tough road to hoe for Carney Catholic I, to their, for their defense, I guess. If you just look at the um, comparison of teams and how they like to play, Adam Central clearly 
likes to run the ball first right now, um, which is a, a credit to their coaching staff because they threw the ball uh, a ton in the last couple of years. So um, Carney Catholic's going to have to have a big game from Heinrich Harburg. He has uh, nine touchdowns passing and four rushing and uh, 872 yards total on the year. So um, that matchup is, you know, can Carney Catholic keep Adam Central offense and Hyatt Collins uh, on the bench, right? Can they kind of chunk their way or dink and dunk their way down the field? Or maybe it's big plays, you know, but um, if you just look at what St. Paul did to Carney Catholic, it's um, very similar sort of team coming in in Adam Central. And then our last matchup here, number four, Wahoo, four and one against number two, Ashland Greenwood, six and L. Sort of similar here, right? So Wahoo's one loss was to Adam Central. Adam Central loves to run the ball. Or obviously they run the ball more uh, with Collins, like I said. Well, Matthew Schuster, the, the one uh, known uh, Nebraska walk-on commit for the 2021 class, he has 862 yards rushing and 13 touchdowns and is averaging almost eight yards per carry. Um, That's so. That seems pretty good, right? So it's you, you know, when you when you look at it and similar type of teams, that's that's going to be can can Wahoo slow him down um, or at least kind of hold him in check a little bit, right? Cale uh, Jacobson is back at quarterback, missed a couple games due to an uh, ankle injury. Um, he is again a do it all kind of guy. He can pass, he can run. He's a great athlete. Um, so him coming back sort of steadies the ship a little bit. Maybe they can throw it a little bit more with him. Um, Lane Zimmerman is their best uh, or top wide receiver right now with almost 400 yards and six touchdowns receiving. Um, but it, you look at this game, it, should, it likely is going to be played in a box. And what I mean by that is, you know, within that four, five, six yards of the line of scrimmage and, and can Wahoo slow him down. Coach Fox does a great job at Wahoo. They're the defending champs and uh, have some really good athletes. Kind of not rebuild it, rebuilt, rebuilding after state championship, but sort of reloading this year, I guess, a little bit. So we'll see, right? Um, we'll see if, if, uh, if they can slow Schuster down. Should be a good battle of the trenches. And that kind of just sums up this week. Good battles and matchups to watch. Looking forward to it. And until next time, thanks for listening. As the official team doctors for high school and college teams across Greater Omaha, MD West One Sports Med doctors can get you back into the game stronger than ever. Meet the Sports Med team at mdwestone.com or call 402 390 4111.